You're listening to the Philip Robertson Property Podcast. Well, g'day friends, and here we are, and I'm out on the trails this week, and I've always loved catching up with Terry Ryder when we do podcasts, and we're going to really dive into uh, some really cool stuff today about regional New South Wales, but without further ado, g'day to you, Terry. How are you? I'm okay. Um, I'd be better if I wasn't so damn busy, Um, but I suppose busy for the right reasons. Business continues to be good. Um, you know, real estate markets are still pumping in many parts of the country, despite what the media would like like us to believe, and um, that's keeping my business busy. Terry, come on now. Surely you haven't bought into this thought around not boom and doom, and surely you must be plugged into the the accuracy of the mainstream media, I do jest. Of course you jest, Phil. You and I both know that um, the, the the last place anyone should go if they want to get good information about what's going on in the housing markets of Australia is to mainstream media. And all you're going to do if you tune into that is to fill your head with negativity and misinformation. So and uh, what, what I've been actually saying to people a lot lately is, you know, when when organisations like CoreLogic or SQM Research or Domain publish their price data reports. Don't read what the media says is in the reports. Actually get a copy of the report and and look at what the actual numbers say because they're all freely available. They're all easily accessible. It doesn't cost anything. But when you actually look at the numbers, you get a completely different impression of what's happening in property markets across Australia compared to what media says because the media headlines are saying prices are falling right across the country. And, of course, nothing remotely like that is the truth. And when you get the actual report... From Core Logic, published early in uh, June, um, you actually see what's really happening. So you know it's quite simple for people to actually get good information, and it doesn't cost anything. Uh, but I think most people just um, listen to the media soundbite, so they end up being um, seriously misinformed. And I think the the challenge of that also is I think it's actually quite depressing. It's not good for your psychology. It's like yeah. turning on the news of the morning. And what do you hear about murder, rape, devastation, the world's coming to an end? I mean, there are some things that are challenging. Of course, we know that the petrol prices are going through the roof. We've got a problem with the electricity prices and the cost of living. I mean, how often have we heard on TV, for example, that a cost lettuce, a cost lettuce is $10, for example. And they are realities. But But we don't need... Um, the media polling on with, you know, I don't think journalists really think about the impact that they have on people's lives. And, you know, as you've pointed out, people have been doing it pretty tough for the last couple of years with COVID, war in Europe, and now we've got uh, additional problems to worry about with shortages of everything and prices rising for petrol and for, for food. Uh, interest rates are rising. Um, and media is just absolutely polling on with every scrap of, disaster they can throw at us and I'm a bit like you I've I've actually stopped watching the the evening television news because I just don't want any more of it um I don't I don't need it um and I think it's you know it's it's having an impact on people um in all sorts of negative ways and when what people are being fed about housing markets just isn't the truth um it makes it um doubly I think reprehensible and um so I'm, I'm always saying to people, just tune out all that 
white noise in the background from media and get real information if you're interested in housing markets and property investment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we talk about headlines. I get things that come through on my feed from Google, for example, and I'll wake up in the morning and I probably need to go into my settings, I think, and stop these feeds where it'll tell me yet another building company is on the verge of collapse. And all they want to do is just as you use the word pile it on, it just, it's, it just exacerbates it. And that's not a very healthy way to start your day. No. And I think that's really, it, it's as much as, we have copped it, particularly for us in Melbourne, as you know, in, in terms of a lot of difficult information that we had to deal with in our psychology. And this sort of stuff just is other things. It's like we coming out of the darkness and then it's just more and more of the same negativity and it just doesn't help. And it doesn't help if you want to make intelligent, informed decision based on facts. And that's really the biggest reason why we take these people to task and why we try to educate people, isn't it, Terry? We just we want people to make intelligent, good, informed decisions that are going to help them. Yeah, that's right. And it's really, really important for people to understand that what they're being fed by mainstream media isn't good information. It's actually the antithesis of good information because their motivation, I think it's important to understand, is not to help you. Their motivation is not to give you good information. Their motivation is to scare the living hell out of you and to induce you to click on a headline. And quite often the headline is not just a, a bit of a beat-up. It's an, a blatant lie in terms of what the, the actual content of the article that follows says. And I think it's important for people to understand that, that their motivations uh, not to, to be helpful to you. Um, so people need to understand that and look um, elsewhere for good information to inform the decisions they might make about um, you know, purchasing property or the decision to purchase property or not because there are more and more people saying, well, maybe I shouldn't be buying now because I keep reading that prices are going to crash everywhere. And, um... Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, I'm, as you know, very active on LinkedIn and I talk about property every day, but then I still get some people saying, oh, yeah, but we might just wait because we know that the prices are going to go down. And I think, mate, obviously you're just following mainstream media because clearly you're looking at information that I, you and I are not looking at. And what we're about is looking at what is going on and is driving these regional markets. And we know that there is a lot of jobs, a lot of things are going along around the inland rail and there is huge demand for workers and we're actually going to talk about some examples of, of that today and I'm going to give you some examples, in fact, from my breakfast meeting with a local gentleman, Stuart, I'll say, won't sort of go into details of who he is, but he's been working in real estate in a city in regional New South Wales, and we're going to talk about Tamworth today to some degree of detail, Terry, because, my goodness me, whilst you had said to me, Phil, I think you need to get up and have a look at Tamworth and do a little bit of not necessarily get up there for your line dancing and boot scooting because of it's that's what it's famous for in late January and February each year with the uh, Country uh, uh, Music Festival. But there is a heck of a lot going on in Tamworth, and today we are going to dissect it because, as you know, we are always on the march looking for markets and opportunities that we believe are early enough in the cycle. Yeah, yeah and, and one, one of the 
It's become increasingly difficult, hasn't it, for 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 investors around Australia to find markets that have got growth potential but that aren't already going ballistic. And um, you know, a, a, a lot of investors just throwing up their hands in despair because whenever they try to buy in, in markets like you know, Adelaide or Brisbane. You know, it's so competitive and things are selling so quickly and for much higher prices than expected that it's it's really hard to to find a place where there's some sanity but growth potential. And I think Tamworth is one of those places because it's it's a long way short of having fulfilled its potential. It's showing growth, but it's um, in the early stages of a phase and there's a lot more to come. And so I think it's one of those places that people can focus on and um, maybe get some traction. Yeah. Well, as we were chatting earlier off air, I mentioned that uh, this fellow gave me an example of a valuer that he had, knows very well. And this particular fellow had worked in Toowoomba from 1998 to 2008. And he says to this fellow I was talking to, Stuart, at breakfast, that he said, I'm likening Tamworth to what Toowoomba was when it went on a big boom run in that decade. Hmm. So he... The, the feel is that there is a long way to go and there's so many wonderful things happening in Tamworth and I reckon we should dive in and talk about that. And I know at hotspotting.com.au, which is your baby, you, in fact, write reports on Tamworth and it is one of the cities that you've highlighted. And I think it would be good if we had a bit of a chat about Tamworth and about what you think and I'll give you some of my examples of even from conversations today. But I will say, I will say, even before we get into that, I am still probably thawing out, Terry, because as you know, when I went on my walk this morning, as I'm wanting to do, it was minus one degree. So it was quite a fresh little morning here in Tamworth, and they tell me it's going to get colder. Hmm. Yeah, well, um, that's one of the realities of Tamworth, but um, um, what's, what's really hot um, much hotter than the, the early morning temperatures is, is the Tamworth economy. Now, um, what, one of the things worth noting is that uh, we've just published the winter, you know, we're talking about cold temperatures, the winter 2022 edition of the Price Predictor Index, where we look at um, sales activity and price trends for every significant town and suburb in the country. And one of the things I do in that report is I have my top 10 municipalities because we're interested in clusters um, we're not interested so much in individual suburbs, but clusters of um, uh, you know, groups of suburbs uh, within big cities or regional cities that are showing patterns of growth. And Tamworth makes our national top 10 list of municipalities in this current edition. And um, one of the reasons for that is that most of the suburbs that are included in our analysis in Tamworth um, are actually what we call rising suburbs based on the patterns with sales activity. So we're looking at sales volumes quarter by quarter on the basis that if there's a pattern of increase, then prices will rise in that area. It sounds simplistic, but it's not. It's, it is simple, though. Um, it's a simple uh, formula for identifying places where prices will grow. And uh, Tamworth is a significant location in those terms. Absolutely. And there are just so many things going on that I was learning about today. Like I didn't realise how significant poultry is. And the, the opportunity is also just a huge amount of job requirements. And, in fact, 
the requirement with the visas, I don't know if you know much about the situation. They're trying to get more of the Pacific Islanders out here because, mm. heaven forbid, the Aussies, they don't like to do that work. But uh, the Pacific Islanders, they earn about 60k a, a year coming out here and obviously they send a lot of that money back to their families but they need they desperately need accommodation because they are really wanting to up over the next three to five years the output yeah eventually to get to three million birds a day yeah yeah no it's 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 just one of the um pieces of the economic puzzle in Tamworth, but it's a big part of their economy. And it's interesting looking at our, now we have a report on Tamworth and in the back of all our reports, we list all the projects that are on, under construction or proposed. And one of the big ones that's on one of our lists for Tamworth um, is a, a new chicken broiler facility and processing pump, so $205 million development. Um, and that's, that's a big project in anyone's terms, but for uh, a regional city the size of Tamworth, you know, population about 65,000, um, that's a big project, one, one of several that's uh, on the books, but um, it just it does emphasise how important that industry is to Tamworth amongst others. Well, Biata is the company, of course. They are humongous, and I was told actually they're the biggest employer here in, in Tamworth. So, uh, yeah, they've got some very, very lofty goals. And, uh, I mean, the, some of the things that I learned today, and I, I was not aware of this, I mean, you, you, you correctly said uh, 65,000 immediate population, which is in your report, 100 million, sorry, 100, how good am I, a million-plus square metres of commercial and industrial land is currently under development. Now, I'm told that it's going to create between another five to 7,000 jobs. You've got the new university going in, University of New England. And uh, you, you've reported before, Terry, about the training school. Now, the Tamworth Airport's got the most blue sky flying days of any airport on the eastern seaboard. So they've been talked about, and certainly this was pre-COVID, ideal for pilot training. They've got a new airline coming, Bonza. Bonza will be offering, mm. I'm told, cheap flights to Melbourne and the sunny coast. That, that's to your neck of the woods. The sporting precinct, the educational facilities are outstanding. Uh, they, all their dams are 100% full. And the vacancy rates currently on rental properties are less than 0.5 of 1%. Yep. And cap growth the last two years, he said to me, 40%. Thank you very much. But I reckon that'd be from a low base because we both agree there's plenty more to come. Well, you mentioned all that sort of commercial industrial land under development. Um, and, yep. and one of the big projects is something called the Tamworth Global Gateway Park, yep. which is a business park, intermodal freight hub and industrial area, $100 million project currently under construction, creating lots of jobs. But this is one of the things I like about Tamworth. It, it, it has been increasingly targeted by the state government and that's a, a big thing when that happens, when the government, state government decides, okay, this is going to be a hub and we're going to invest in it. Um, Tamworth has been designated a major transport hub, so it, particularly in that intermodal freight hub um, situation where um, you've got a, an interlinking of road transport and, and, and rail and also air. You mentioned the airport and its significance. All of that sort of merging 
to make um, Tamworth a very important regional centre for, particularly for that sort of New England area. And the other part of it, the puzzle is, um, has also been designated by the state government as a, a central point for a renewal energy zone because mm. New South Wales is investing big time in renewal energy, wind farms, solar farms, etc. And this part of New South Wales, based on Tamworth, is a very, very big uh, centre for that as well. Well, as, as from your report, it's a $7.5 billion worth of projects in renewable energy. And uh, yeah. love him or hate him, but Barnaby Joyce has certainly been, they love him in this area, the, the Nationals. He has certainly been the white, the not white knight in shining armour for sure. He yeah. has been very, very vocal and very strong in helping these projects get off the ground. So uh, hats off to uh, Barnaby. Done a good job in that regard. Yes. Don't forget also, I mean, as I mentioned it before, uh, yes, we've got the Tamworth Country Music Festival, but Tamworth is marketed, and again, I, I quote one of your reports on Tamworth as the national equine capital of Australia. I mean, a lot of people would say Scone is, but uh, which is not too far away, of course. But uh, yeah, definitely a lot, to, a lot to like about Tamworth, and I still think a lot to like about their prices because uh, you can still buy houses in the threes. I went through and had a look at some properties today. And there are definitely properties available in, the, let's say, the mid to, to higher threes. Great opportunities. And, in fact, I looked at one that was a two-better that can easily be converted to a three-better in North Tamworth, really close to the hospital, asking, say, 380000 It'll rent for uh, four to 430 a week. Really nice little property. Actually, been operated as a B and B, but easily you could convert because it's not required to. Uh, you're not changing any of the uh, the envelope of the property, so it's operated as a two better. But the garage could, for maybe five or six thousand dollars, could easily be converted into a third bedroom. Put a couple mm. of little false walls in there, and uh, that ends up being a very very nice little rental in a in a good part of Tamworth, which is uh, yeah uh, the North Tamworth area close to the hospital. Yeah, so the, the, there are a range of suburbs. It's quite a big city, um, different suburbs. Some have got median prices, as you say, in the 300000 some in the 400000 and there's some that are a bit more expensive. But there's a range of price ranges. That, um, but if you're somebody looking for, on the outside looking in from, say, Sydney or Melbourne or even Brisbane, um, it, it's very affordable buying. But we, we, we do need to caution people, do we not, that um, one of the traps... Yes. Look at some of these prices and think, oh, that's a bargain, I'll grab that. And um, you've got to be mindful that it, the, the price you're looking at may be above local values and you've got to be careful that you don't um, get a little bit carried away and act hastily and, and pay more than local values for something. Oh, and you're spot on, Terry, and I know the way you looked uh, at me because we actually can see each other on this uh, uh, podcast, and that's right. I looked at a property that I was going to buy. I put my foot on and I said, Terry, what do you think? And then we both uh, dived a little on your lead, dived in a little bit deeper, and in the end we, we, we came to the conclusion that maybe that was a little bit of a, a higher-end price relative to the comparable sales, not only in that street, over the last 12 months, but also the streets that surrounded it. So you're absolutely spot on there. And, in fact, I was about, 
I was about to uh, make an offer on a property today that it was going to go for 341000 I had my foot on it that I was going to buy. But this is why, whether it's myself or our property inspectors, you've got to have someone local who can walk through the property. And, of course, I walked through that property and within less than 30 seconds, I knew I was ready to walk out. It needed a bucket load of work. It was off market and I thought, you know what, this is just not worth it. And, yeah, at the end of the day, that's the value of doing your homework. You do your, you do your research and not only it can make you money at the start, but it might save you by not making a bad decision. The opportunity cost is of missing out on putting your money to work in a much better property. Yeah. Absolutely right. So you do have to, even though you're buying, if you're from the biggest cities, you're buying uh, very cheaply in, in markets like Tamworth, you do have to be very careful and uh, acquaint yourself with local values so you're not paying too much because uh, if you if you do overpay, you, you're tr- destroying um, part of the benefit in buying these places. Um, you know, get, getting it an affordable buy and a high rental yield um, is, is, is part of the equation. And if you pay too much, you're going to be reducing your rental yield, which otherwise could be very good because there are some suburbs in Tamworth, Tamworth where the median rental yields for houses are between 5 and 6%, and that's pretty attractive, um, particularly for big city buyers where rental yields might be typically 2 or 3%. So the, 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 these are good, um, good strong rental yields if, if you pay the right price. Yeah, absolutely, and that's and again, it's about doing your research. And some of this information you can get that is freely available, as you have correctly pointed out. But I think there's also information that it's worth investing in quality research from experts such as yourself, because at the end of the day, that's why I buy your reports. I'm investing in effectively you're saving me the time of having to try and do that. And you just can't do it. You can't be everywhere. I mean, I'm very fortunate that I access your research reports because you've got a team of people. I can, I don't have that team of people. But I know as you have things like your quarterly property price index, your winter edition and the like, you're updating your reports every quarter. So it's a great way to keep ahead of the curve and abreast of what's going on. So uh, there you go, Terry. I've given you a plug. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It amazes me how many people um, profess to be willing to spend three or four or five hundred thousand dollars on a property, but don't want to spend fifty or hundred dollars um, on a research report or money on evaluation to make sure they're buying at the right price, or even um, you know a bit more, a few thousand dollars to avail themselves of a good buyer's agent like yourself uh, to make sure that um, you know they're well represented on the ground uh, and, and making the right decisions about the right properties in the right areas. Um, people skimp on those smaller costs um, before spending really big sums of money, and it's the worst kind of false economy. Um, I totally agree with you, Terry. And in fact, the longer, and particularly lately, having been in this business for a little while now, just it's, it's what you don't know that I think will hurt you. And I'm referring to things like build and pest inspection reports. Mm. Knowing what you can negotiate in a contract is very, very important. Knowing what you can go back to an agent and say, look, we've got a problem here. 
I'd love it if you could get your vendor to have a look at that, get them to pay for, say, a plumber to come out, find out what's causing that moisture. And more often than not, particularly if you're buying in New South Wales and Queensland, there's been a lot of water of late. And guess what? Water's got to go somewhere. And many houses, particularly investment properties, you can back it in, their gutters are full, and the water's got to get out somewhere. And often it'll end up through the roof. And older houses, particularly with tiles and issues and grouting, water's got to go somewhere. And it's not uncommon that I've got water issues and subfloors. This is important. These are the th- why you spend it. In fact, spend's not the right word. Invest the money. It yeah. is an investment. It's like insurance. You're trying to work yeah. out because maybe you'll get a price reduction or maybe you'll walk away from a property altogether. So you spend five or $600, but you probably end up saving tens of thousands by not buying a lemon. Exactly right. Now, um, case in point, um, a mentoring client of mine uh, just last week we were talking and he was very keen to buy property in Inverell, which is another good regional town not too far from um, the places we're talking about today, Tamworth and Armadale. Uh, it was a good property at face value, at a wonderful rental yield, a good location. It was a mix of sort of retail and residential. He was very keen, but then when the, the building inspector had a look, there was evidence that uh, he, he had looked at it himself. He had physically looked at it himself, and he's a handy sort of a guy, but he didn't see the hidden problems. That was the building inspector that identified there was some substantial termite damage that was actually a structural problem in that property. Um, and so he was saved from an expensive mistake. Um, and if he hadn't spent a few hundred dollars on that building inspection, he would have been up for um, tens of thousands of dollars in repairs. Um, so it's, it was money well spent. Again, not to spend that money and take that precaution is really bad false economy. Yeah, and uh, absolutely, that's a wonderful example. But not only that, there is always another property. We are not wed to any one property. There's always going to be good opportunities that come up. Like I've said before, my father educated me with this one. The deal of a lifetime comes along about once a week. Yeah, so, right. and I and like you, that. You've got to be patient, don't you? Um, you do, you know, absolutely. Um, we've been having a look at Toowoomba, another place we like, and um, we've mm. had a look at two or three properties and, and walked away from all of them because um, – you know, they've all got problems we just don't want to take on. Um, that That's the reality of property investment. You've got to be prepared to be patient and um, and to keep looking until you find the right property, which will turn up eventually. Um, and, so, and absolutely, and then you'll always think, God, I'm so glad I didn't buy those other ones. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but at the time, things, oh, my God, you know, we've, we've, we've put weeks into this and, and we're still not there. And maybe I'll just grab this one. It'll be okay. But no, no, it's it's never. Well, your gut instinct, I reckon, that we've got a gut feel for a reason, and I think we know in our heart and our gut whether a property is a good thing or otherwise. So, yes, no. Look, it's 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 a very interesting thing, investing, and when done properly and treating it like a business, as you've encouraged others in the past, not using that term, I remember you call them wannabe investors. And a wannabe is not someone that's treating this seriously. You've got to act like this is another business, which yeah. it is. The difference between people who treat it as a business 
and people who treat it as a hobby. And um, with all businesses, you've got to spend money to make money. And sometimes you've got to spend money to avoid losing money in property investment. Well, that's exactly why I go around to regional cities. As you know, I'm in Queensland next week. And it's because I need to be educated as well. I need to go and see these people. I need to go and establish relationships so that I can continue to deliver opportunities to people. And to have, And as you also know, Terry, supply is, is quite constrained right now. A lot of owner-occupiers in regional cities are sitting on their hands and saying, well, I'm not that sure if I really want to sell right now because I know there's not much supply. And if I sell, where will I go and live? Mm. And that's a problem. Yep. It's a big problem. Yes. So, yeah, so, go on. So you need you need help. You need a team. You, you need, need a team. team. And, um, yeah, and a, a good buyer's agent is a useful part of the team and a good source of uh, research information is also a very important part of the team that all property investors should have. When they're considering places like Tamworth, which um, I think we've established as a pretty good place, um, a great city, diverse economy, plenty of infrastructure spending happening, jobs being created, affordable real estate, vacancies below 1%, strong rentals and good rental yields. Ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't it? Oh, look, it absolutely does. And, and, and there's no doubt that, again, it's like when I went to Toowoomba, Terry, and I, and I reported back to you and I said, Terry, there's just a feel of affluence when I went through it. And it's interesting, like, as you know, we had, were looking at, City, and I'm not here to be disparaging, but Musselbrook is one as an example. Whilst it's a strong economy on the back of the coal uh, industry, but again, I, I drove through Musselbrook on my way to Tamworth yesterday, and there's vacant shops, and it just feels like to me like it's down on its luck. And that's mm. interesting. It's just a just a casual observation. Yet I come into Tamworth. Just similarly to like when I came into Toowoomba for the first time, and I look around, I feel like there is prosperity here. Yeah. I think it's a very tangible thing, and I think it's a very real thing. Um, you know, you can do all the research in the world using online sources and gather data and get a um, make a decision about a location, but until you actually go there or have somebody on your behalf go there, you don't probably fully understand what it's about and that that feeling of whether a place is prosperous or not and noticing whether there are you know all the shops are a tenant or whether the some are vacant whether the the public areas are and you know nicely cared for um now Bundaberg comes to mind as a place in central Queensland that just reeks prosperity and there are no empty shops and the public areas are beautifully cared for you just know this this is a place that's going well and um what you're describing for Tamworth sounds similar. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Bundaberg because I'm staying there next Monday night and I will be there having a good sticky beak on Tuesday, catching up with some agents. So that is part of my Queensland tour for the week next week. Is no, it's a Bundaberg. terrible job you've got, isn't it? You just get around Australia. Tax deductible oh, no. travel, it's, it's, it's um, one of my ideals in life. You know, it's interesting. I, I kind of feel like I'm a bit like the Leyland brothers, if you recall, from the 70s, and uh, Mike and Mel. But I, that was a show that I loved. But, yeah, I, I, I truly do love getting out and about and meeting new people and learning about what's going on in their backyard and why they're passionate about it. 
because we really only tend to go, as you know, we go, you and I, we talk about it, then you'll say to me, now, Phil, this is an economy I think that's got really good prospects. And like a good little boy, I say, okay, Terry, I'll go and check it out. And that's exactly what we do. And hence, today, well, it's now 6.07pm, I landed this afternoon in not uh, as in I drove from Tamworth to Armidale. It's only about an hour and a half's drive. And I landed in Armidale, and here I am in the New England region of beautiful Armidale. And I've got to say, well, it's certainly renowned for good schools. There's plenty of schools here, my goodness gracious me. There is a lot happening. And, in fact, the new, I think his name's Sam Cope is the might be the new mayor. I was talking with an agent this afternoon, and she was saying his goal in the next twelve months is twenty twenty three is to bring another ten thousand jobs. And guess what? If he creates another ten thousand jobs, people got to again live somewhere. Yeah, I mean, Armadale is a good place too. I mean, it's a very. I think it's a very attractive regional city. It's oh, got, absolutely! It's got quite an historic fabric to it. Some grand buildings. A Definitely. big educational economy. It's got a major university there, as well as yep, it's a cultural economy. Yeah, and yep. tourism and this new um, industry in renewable energy. So there's um, a lot to like about that region, which includes um, Armadale and Tamworth, um, two good places um, where the prices are affordable, the rental yields are good, and uh, I think there's uh, reason to believe that value is going to keep on growing in those places. I totally agree. And, in fact, you talked about education. I did speak over the top of you. I should have known better than to do that. But university. Because you lack education. (laughs) Well, I was a grammar school boy. I will admit that, and I'm proud of it. But uh, sometimes I get a little excited. So need to temper that. But University of New England is the main university, and they've got campuses at, of course, as you've said, Armidale, Lismore and Orange and they're building the one at Tamworth but we're talking 23,000 students it's not a it's not a not so small uh, university it's quite quite a quite a quite prominent one would say but of course what have we got tourism so we're, we're, we're looking at one 1.5 million domestic overnight stays which contributes to the local economy, a whopping $532 million. And that is from one of your reports, by the way, Terry. But what have you got? You've got so much going on here. You've got canyoning, mountain biking, bird watching, trout fishing and plenty of other outdoor activities. Yeah, there's a, I think you're spot on. It's a, a very pretty city is Armidale. But there are other things driving the economy other than the tourism and education. What say you on some of those, Terry? Well, they're all important things. You know, um, we always look for diversity in a local economy and so there are plenty plenty of attractive um, country towns around New South Wales, but, you know, the economy is essentially about agriculture. A place like Armadale has got that in spades, but it's also got these other things, the big big educational economy, um, tourism um, and the the renewable energy um, industry, which is developing in the area. Met Solar Farm, Terry, is the one? Yeah. And factors like um, you mean, the aforementioned Barnaby Joyce as the local member, until recently the Deputy Prime Minister, um, under his auspices, um, some major uh, government entities, um, departments were moved 
um, to Armadale. Yep. And um, so there's quite a lot of, um, quite a big government sector, quite a few jobs in that sector in Armadale as well. What have we got? The Costa Tomato Farm Expansion at uh, Gyra, $67 million for the Costa Group. You've got the Armadale Services Motel, $7 million. Armadale Airside Business Park, $6.5 million. You've got the proposed meat processing plant, $87 million. The list goes on and on. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot happening in, in these places. I think it surprises people. Um, you know, and most Australians live live in major cities and um, don't necessarily get out to these areas so much. It's, it's a real eye opener um, when you do. Apart from anything else, it's very pleasant, isn't it? Driving through rural Australia. I mean, the landscape oh, is changing, and you can yeah. these wonderful communities that you didn't know much about. And, and there's a lot happening, far more than. I remember um, I once t- talking to uh, the mayor of one of these um, sort of central western New South Wales towns. He said most people um, in Australia live in um, cities like Sydney and the closest they ever get to our town is when they fly over the top of it on their way to Hong Kong. And yeah. I thought, and I thought well, well, a certain amount of truth in that. Um, and it's, it's, it's really quite um, interesting entertaining and informative to to visit these places and realise how much they have to offer. And in these times when housing affordability is such a problem, uh, you can come to a place like Tamworth or Armadale and you can actually, most people can actually afford to buy real estate there. Yes. And the numbers... And And there really is, there is something still, I think, very special and, in effect, I think romantic about country country towns, and these aren't small. I mean, even Armadale's population's on, on 30,000 people. That, But there's still a way of life. There's a sense of local community yeah. and a pride. Yeah. And you can't really put a price on that. I mean, I live no. in a smallish country town um, in Queensland. I, that, that's by, definitely by choice. And one of yeah. the things that's invaluable about living in a place like this is the community. And also the safety. Um, the kids are now grown adults at university, but um, it was a wonderful place to raise kids, you know, the old cliche, but it was. It was safe and there was lots of community, lots of things happening, and um, it's hard to put a price on all of that. And, you know, more and more Australians are opting for that, you know, that trend we call the exodus to affordable life. So it's very real. And people are moving to these places because with technology they can work remotely and they can access a different kind of lifestyle with all of what we've talked about at a, a price that um, just isn't attainable in the big cities. Well, yeah, you don't get much bang for your buck. I mean, a million dollars in, say, a city of Sydney or Melbourne really doesn't buy you much. But I tell you what, if you took even half of that to a lot of the good regional centres and you'd have a plenty of money still in your back pocket. And I think that's really, really very special. And, in fact, if you think about it, if you live in a city, how many people actually know their next-door neighbour? Now, when we were kids in the 70s, you, everybody knew everybody. And that's one of the beauties, I think, of regional towns is there is still that where your neighbour's got your back. Yeah. There still is that sense. And as you say, where you live in uh, the sunny coast, there is that sense of community. And people ultimately, Terry, I think, want to belong. They want to feel part of something. Mm-hmm. And, and and very much, whether it be 
sport in regional uh, communities, that's very, very strong. To be, whether it's the netball team or the tennis club or the football or the cricket club, uh, the swimming club, the bowls club, there really is that sense of community and I think that can't be in any way undervalued or underestimated. And I think as we get older in our lives, we start to value those things much more. So that is, they are also reasons why we love regional economies because the turnover as well, Terry, particularly, we've never really, we never really talk about this, but properties tend to be held for a lot longer and therefore you get a lot more owner occupiers. It's not overrun with investors. Mm-hmm. And I think that always augurs well for a community in terms of the, the growth and the stability around prices and ongoing price value over time. You can go, particularly in the cities, you can go to areas which have, in effect, been decimated where there's house and land packages, you've got these promoters out there to going to people and saying, oh, you're, here's the awesome depreciation, which it is, you know, $13,000, $14,000 off your tax bills, not to be sneezed at, but it's cookie-cutter communities. And there's so many of these properties that are investment properties that over time I think don't, don't hold weight. And that's, again, more reason why I just absolutely love what we do at the Holy Grail and what you do in the reports you write is I think we bring really great opportunities to people. And our greatest challenge is really getting people to, who've got stinking thinking, who have been brainwashed by the rubbish that they read and listen to in mainstream media. It's like we've got to, de- we've got to deprogram people who've got bad habits. Yeah. Yes, they've got to unlearn what they think they know before they can start uh, learning. Well, that's right. It's, it's a bit like when you run the stall gift, the famous race in, in Victoria where you're the back marker, you're not starting from scratch. You've got, you're starting right, way down the back. You're being penalised because of your thinking. And you're right. Half the challenge for us is, is just actually getting all the rubbish out of people's minds. I mean, I still get people that say to me, surely, what, do they go up in value in the, in the regional cities? You know, I, I, don't, I haven't told you this one. I, I had one of my clients sent me an email. I bought a house for him in, in Wodonga. We bought it uh, just on 18 months ago, Terry, for 290000 He was so happy. He sent me this email three weeks ago saying, Phil, I can't believe it, nine doors down from my place, and I looked at the property that it's had sold, and he said, oh, the kitchen's not as nice as ours, just sold for $422,000. He said, I can't believe it. In less than 18 months, we've got 45% capital growth. Now, I know that's not sustainable, but, gee, that's nice when you get those sort of emails. Sure it is. But, you know, it's a reflection of the reality that's been around for a while now, you know, for the last five years at least. As a generalisation, regional property has been outperforming capital city property and growth. And um, a lot of people um, haven't still haven't caught up with that reality that um, regional areas have been the growth leaders. Um, and, um, and that's probably going to continue for a while. Um, well, if you think about it, Terry... Just before we wind up, if you think about it, when people have been told that it's important to invest, how many people these days really want to go and spend six hundred, seven, eight hundred thousand to get into an investment in a capital city on a rental yield that's probably going to be what three percent? If you're lucky, 
if you like. Then you've got to tip in money every month to cover the shortfall between the rent you're collecting and the loan repayment, plus you need a far bigger deposit, plus you're going to pay more in stamp duty. Whereas what we do, in fact, and I was sitting there with the, with, with the, the fellow and we were talking about why I call the business the holy grail about being affordable properties and high rental returns, great capital growth, low vacancy rates, and he looked at me and he goes, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it is, isn't it? And it really is. People have just got to believe. When no one's trying to hoodwink them, do your, do your homework, get real research, quote-unquote real research, and uh, make intelligent decisions. And I think that's a good note for us to finish on today, Terry. Always fun. Uh, I'll look forward to catching up with you again. I'm actually uh, up in uh, Queensland all next week and uh, out on the hunt looking for hidden gems for our clients. So, Terry Ryder, sir, thank you for your time, as always, and be well. Okay, and you too. Thank you, Terry. And to everyone, thanks for listening, as always. Love it if you could comment, like, share the podcast. Let's educate everyone so that we can keep this economy rolling forward. As always, take care of yourselves and of each other, and bye for now. Bye.